Welcome back to another Tell episode. episode. To another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm back. My name is Ronnie. Schmike uh, is here. How y'all doing? Coffee Mike is back. Hello. So it's the Eminem Mike and Mike show. The Mike and Mike show. It'll be a show, all right? <laughs> be something. <laughs> and the soft, powerful sound of Micah is back. How's it going? <laughs> Brother Bob's here. Hello. And the professor, Carl, is here. For some reason, yes, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't figured out why yet. And last but not least... I was about to say, what's up with that? Before I was so rudely <laughs> interrupted, but I will show him grace. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. Silent Ron. I am here. Yep, yep. Good thing this one's about grace. <laughs> You are going to take over one of these nights, you know that? Yeah, keep it up, might be tonight. <laughs> I know a Grace. I know a Grace, too. Yep. And and she does not show no Grace. <laughs> no, she does not. She loves to be t- called Gracie, I can tell you that. Oh, You'll yeah. see how little Grace she has. She hears you say that. As we talked, Grace is our topic this episode. How well do we show grace when we receive grace? I can tell by the blank stares around the table. Not very good. No, I was just waiting for somebody to read verses. I can do that whenever you'd like, Ronnie. You do run the show, Ronnie. Would you like me to do that? Okay, I'll do that. Since since Ron is directing us on... on, going to read Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 from the NASB version. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Thank you. You're welcome. Paperboy, you got anything to say about that? I'm doing the ditty. <laughs> it's the what? The, whoo, the ditty. You call me Paperboy. They only had a one-hit wonder, the Diddy. Do the Diddy Diddy if you... Oh, never mind. It's another story. <laughs> it wasn't a hit. Apparently it wasn't a hit for me because I wow. didn't even know this. Uh, yeah. yeah, me either because mm-hmm. Somebody I'm Somebody out there know it. I guarantee it. Call no. in. <laughs> Call in. I'll give you grace on that one. Right? Coffee Mike, please save me. Hmm. On what? Grace, <laughs> apparently. I'm not very good at grace, but I'll try. All right. Grace is difficult, even though we're giving it to us and abundantly in our lives. It seems to be one of the harder things to show others <clears throat> at times. Because that little voice gets in your head, your agenda gets, erupt, gets interrupted, your thoughts aren't in line with somebody else's thoughts. So immediately we go from camaraderie to almost separate sides of the, of the line in a confrontational stance. Mm-hmm. So grace is can be difficult, but we're commanded to give it as we receive it. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got on that. Yeah. But I'll be here all week if you have questions. <laughs> all right. 
Are you going to be manning the hotline? Yes. Yeah. Apparently, I just got a call on the hotline. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? The other mic? The other part of M and M? See what you I see the there? peanut part? Okay. I, I, I think it's... I don't want to say funny. Interesting to me, knowing myself, that it's a lot easier to give grace to non-believers than believers. Hmm. Because, you know, we're not called to judge non-believers. We're called to judge believers Mm -hmm. and keep them in check and be that sounding board for each other and all of that. So for me, I think it's a lot harder because I can just write off the others, if that makes sense. You know, whether it's uh, um, they're acting that way because they don't know Christ or, you know, whatever. But... um, yeah, for the ones that do know Christ, it's difficult for me. You know, even though it's just freely given to me. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> hold on, hold that thought. He's, he's ready to pounce. I know, I know. I'm just going to say something. I see all of you getting ready to pounce, but I'm going to put mine out there, too. I wasn't going to say a word. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just. Likely. I wasn't going to say a word. I was just going to say one thing. I was going to say no, one I, word, maybe. Sorry, go no, ahead, Ronnie. Maybe. Go ahead. Go ahead. For me, giving others grace is difficult, like both of you said. But the worst person to give grace to is myself. Mm. Like, yeah, I might get mad at somebody who forgets my order or does me wrong or whatever, but I'm not holding any grace on myself. It's like tenfold. Now, Bob. Now you're. Oh, I, I already forgot. Now. Well, we know. I'm old, you know. Yes. Yes, he is. So yeah. does that mean that <laughs> pot kettle? That's oh, right. Yeah. That's right. Nope. Um, I was just going to say, you know, we're supposed to judge our brothers and sisters, but we still got to do it with grace. Right. You still got to do it with love. And if you're, if you're showing love, you're showing grace. Mm-hmm. Because love takes care of everything. Um, just because they say they're a brother or sister in Christ, are they? I mean, they say they're saved. I mean, you know, I have no idea. But are they? How, how's, how's their life? How's their life showing it? You know? And that's that's what we're supposed to judge. But... We're supposed to do it with love and grace. I mean, trust me, it's 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 hard to give that grace. It really is. Because I was having trouble with it this morning. Thank you, Ronnie, for putting this out You're last welcome. night. So I that would be stuck in my head. <laughs> and the thing is, is I tried to give grace, but I couldn't control it. I couldn't do it. I just, uh, I was mad. I was just... In a bad mood, period. And I just couldn't give grace, you know. I just, I was on him. I was hard on him. I yelled at him. I screamed at him. <laughs> you know, it just, uh, I feel bad because I did it. But I still didn't, I, I still didn't show the grace. 
you know, I, and the thing is, is, man, I, I think back of how I treated God when I was not a part of him. How can he give me grace that enough to absolutely save my soul? You know what I'm saying? For all the stuff I'd done, for all the for all the things that I denied him on, spitting in his face, but he still yet gave me that grace. So how can we not? How can we not give other people grace? What's hard about your statement? For me, is you say you couldn't give you couldn't give him you couldn't show him the grace, but at the same time, you were taking your own grace away from yourself, because I was just I was just reading a definition of like several definitions of grace, and it has something to and this one here says something about is tied to the beauty and joy, mm-hmm. so by not showing him the grace, it was taking your grace and your joy away from you as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because I was not, I was not happy. I mean, you know, there, there was no, there was no cheerful being inside me this morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just, it was all ugly, and I mean, I, I, I regret it, but there's nothing I can do about it now. It, it, it happened. The way we go about it matters, but grace is not the absence of correction. It, no, you it's know, not. When there's just biblical grace, it's not Correct. the absence of correction. When there's bad behavior, it's got to be corrected. Um, and I think it's also important to understand what judgment is. You know, you talked about it's easier to show grace to non-believers than believers. That's and it's it is for me too. But that's such a demonic agenda because I think we we have the attitude that judgment. If if we're not judging, we're accepting, we're standing in agreement with, and that's that's not what we're called to. You look at two Corinthians chapter six. Paul says, "Don't sit at the table with non-believers and the wicked." He says, "What fellowship does light have with darkness? It should be completely separated." But so many believers have this attitude that we should stand like side by side, arm in arm with, in agreement with completely non-repentant non-believers. That's that's not what we're called to. We're called to be a light to show them the way out of darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not n- not a source of affirmation for the bad behavior that they're exhibiting. But you know, that satanic agenda wants us to at each other's throats. Right. You know, rather than lovingly, graciously correcting one another when we see bad behavior, he he wants us, like you said. Mike, you know, like at odds with each other on two sides of a line that we've drawn, like an arbitrary imaginary line we've drawn for ourselves to create the us versus them mentality. So we're not, we're, we're not performing the, the gospel sharing that we're called to, not in the way that we're called to for sure. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing about that behavior that makes someone outside the camp want what we've got. Nothing at all. It's a turn off. Yeah, because when you're if you're not showing grace, and if you're not if you're not showing Jesus through you, what makes you any better than them? Yep, Micah. I mean, we by nature are selfish, and so when we make a mistake or wrong others or you know, make, like I said, make a mistake. We expect them to show us grace. Mm-hmm. But then when that happens to us, then it's almost the tables are turned. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, how dare they do that? You know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be doing that. And, and so by nature we're, we're selfish. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, when we expect others to show grace to us, when we're not always willing to show grace to them, 
when, like Bob said, I mean, Bob hit it right on the head, you know, Christ showed unmerited favor to us. I mean, we, we don't deserve a way to heaven, yet he's provided that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's made a way of escape because of our sin and that separation that we have from our Father because of sin. Christ bridges that gap. He, he makes that, that way possible. And that's, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, and so, you know, it's almost, I mean, I think sometimes we mix all those terms together and I'm not trying to do that, but, you know, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. But, you know, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, at the expense of His Son, Jesus Christ, forgave you. So, I mean, for us to show grace, and um, it's it's hard because we don't, by nature, do that. And so. Just like Romans 12.20, right? Like, those who do you wrong, you mm-hmm. have to show them grace. And, and like we've said, it could be, like Bob said, like Mike said, like it's super hard at times. And it's tough. But I think, well, before I get into that, leader of the pack, you got anything over there to add? No, <clears throat> not right now. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I've, there's so many definitions of grace, you know, biblically and non-biblically, of course. And I'm trying to read, I'm just reading... I'm trying to get my head around the word. You know, I know what you're supposed to do when you give grace. But I have trouble. I, th- I feel like I give more grace to some than others. And I probably give the grace to the ones that probably don't need it as much as the ones that I'm giving the hard time to. But then I'm sitting here thinking, well, because I'm not giving them grace, is that taking away my grace? To give, so I'm, I'm I'm kind of sitting here reading definitions, undeserved favor. Yeah, you know, approval yeah. of kindness. Undeserved know. favor yeah. would be like <clears throat> anything, but say somebody stole your car and then the police found it and called you, and then you didn't press charges because you knew they were in a bad way. You know, and then there's spiritual kind of goodness, generosity, like charm. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think, I mean, there's a difference between grace and mercy. And I think that's where we've got to understand grace is unmerited favor, undeserved kindness to others. That God bestows his riches upon us because he is our heavenly father and that he just lavishes his, his undeserved kindness. Um Mercy is that we don't get what we do, do deserve. So redemption follows both of those, grace and mercy. So if I'm driving 85 down Highway 63 and I get stopped by a police officer and that police officer decides to give me a warning or not give me a ticket, he's shown me mercy. He hasn't shown me grace because he hasn't given me any, 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 I mean, he's shown me kindness. So I guess it kind of is grace, but it's really, I deserve a ticket because I'm going 15 miles over the speed limit. So I deserve a ticket. So he hasn't given me what I deserve. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the point of mercy is that we don't get what we deserve, which is separation from him yep. because of our sin. And so, and so that's why I kind of gave that, gave that yeah. look, which I know it's an audio and people can't see that. But, but we've got to understand the difference between grace and mercy. And grace is that unmerited 
And unmerited favor. That's why I was trying grace to read and, to find out what grace is, because I don't want to get it mixed up with. Yeah, yeah. Grace is basically unmerited. Or, yeah, unmerited kindness. Some use it as an acrostic, where they go, um, "God's riches at Christ's expense," and where Christ bestows His riches because of who He is, and so. Yeah, grace, grace involves mercy. Yes, but mercy is not the fullness of grace. Yes, right. Grace is more dynamic. Mercy's mercy's like a like just just one building block of the fullness of grace. Grace is a is a bigger thing than that. Yeah. Um, I had like I had an experience today, and I, I didn't know if I was going to share this. I thought I was probably going to, but I think it'll help. Uh, I dropped off Faith for school today. And it was really weird. Like it was like the for like the first day that I dropped her off at kindergarten. It was super emotional. It's like, man, <laughs> I did not want her to start going to school. Like I'm I'm losing another child. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. It was bad for me anyway because it was like the first day that Grace went to high school also. Oh, so oh, like man. a double whammy. Oh man, it was so hard. It was so hard. But for some reason, like today, it's been weeks ago. You know what I mean? I dropped her off. I dropped her off in the vehicle. Usually I walk her walk her to the door, but this time I didn't. I didn't have time. And she, she steps up, she, she, she walks up the steps, she goes in the door, and I'm pulling, I'm pulling away, and she turns around. And I know she turned around because she wanted to wave goodbye, but I was already pulling away. You know what I mean? So she didn't get a chance to. This huge wave of emotion hit. And I'm more emotional than I used to be, but you know, Micah, there are times when that wave hits, and you know, that's, that's not from me. That's, there's a God thing going on here. And that's what it was. It was like, I just broke down crying. And then I start praying. And for some reason, I don't know why I asked it, but I asked, when you watched Adam and Eve walk out of the garden, what did you feel? And I felt him so strongly answer back, what you're feeling right now. Yeah. What you're feeling right now. And I've been thinking about that all day long. And it's kind of interesting the conversation's gone the way it was because I think that's, the, I, no, I don't think I know. That's the first example of grace scripturally. Yes. So we all know the account. Adam and Eve, they're given one explicit command. It's so cool because we were talking about this last night at the fire. They're given one explicit command yeah. not to eat. You know, well, first off, eat, yeah. eat, eat of all these things that I've given you. But this one tree over here, don't eat from that. Right. So one thing, do not. The one negative command they had was that tree over there, don't eat anything off of that tree. I'm not going to get into the weeds on it, but, you know, it was a simple command, don't eat from it. It seems like when Eve is talking to the serpent at some point when Adam told Eve, he had like a fence command around it because she said, I'm not even supposed to touch it, which really isn't what God said. He said, don't eat from it. But she added, I'm not even supposed to touch that. You know what I mean? Just trying to keep away from it altogether. Anyway, long story short, she eats from it. Adam eats from it. It's the sin. The, the serpent says you won't die like God said. God said, if you eat from that tree, if you eat from the fruit, you'll die. The serpent said you won't. It was a half-truth, right? And it, we, we don't know what was going through the serpent's head. We don't know what the serpent believed, right? It's possible the serpent thought that there was a chance that they would die instantly. We don't really know how far his deception went, right? We just know that Adam and Eve were told that if you eat from that fruit, you will die. And they ate from it anyway. They didn't immediately die. So God comes through the garden. He's asking where they're at. They're, they're ashamed. They, they have this realization of their, their sin. Sin enters in the world. Sin enters into their body. And they have this realization. Now they know they're naked. Right? So they're hiding from God. He asks, where are you? As if he doesn't know. Right? What have you done? As if he doesn't know. <laughs> and finally, eventually, they confess. And then we have this first incredible example of his grace when he kills an animal. And then clothes them. And that's where you see 
how how grace and mercy work together in the fullness there because I believe, this is just me, this is my personal opinion, I believe that at the very least the serpent thought that God would execute them. At the very least, I think he thought that they would, that they would be executed by God because the sin required death. I don't think the serpent really even fully understood what was going to happen. Rather than execute Adam and Eve, God puts the penalty on an animal. Kills an animal instead, that's mercy. Him shifting the penalty from Adam and Eve over to another. That was his mercy upon them. But him, him lovingly and meticulously clothing them so that they, would be, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have this, this realization of their nakedness anymore to clothe that shame, him putting a cover over their shame, that's grace. Like the fullness of grace there. It wasn't just that he killed something else so that they wouldn't die and then kicked them out of the garden. He clothes them and takes care of them. He's still acting like a father. Right? That's the fullness of grace, and that's what we're called to exhibit toward one another. It's not a complete absence of, of consequences. There was still consequence there. Grace didn't cover the consequence. They received grace. They still had to leave the garden. Right? They received grace. They still had to watch their son kill their other son. <laughs> they received grace. They still had to eventually die. Right? But they still had his grace. You know, there are consequences when we sin. There are consequences when we make mistakes. But we have to have that care and that love toward one another that he exhibited toward them. Because I'm telling you guys, he felt deeply. Like when they sinned, when they walked out of the garden, I, I think we, we think of God like so emotionless sometimes. And it's just false. Right? He, he created emotion. I think he felt that deeply. I think it cut him deeply. I um, think you're right, Carl, because that story... It's like any father running to the rescue of a child. He cared for them, like you said, put clothes on their back. You know, imagine the loss. He was walking in the cool of the evening with them every, every single day. Hmm. Now he's lost that. And once you have something that you love that much and go through that loss, you want it back. But his infinite wisdom... He did make a way for us to get back. His name is Jesus. But still, you know, time doesn't apply to him. I, I understand. But there had to be some sense, I think, again, not biblical, my thoughts, of loss, He, even though he knew it was going to happen. It's, no, it's different knowing something's going to happen, and then it happens. It's two, two totally different feelings. Yeah. That's what that story depicts, I think. And Micah, his sermon this weekend was exactly that, what you spoke of, Carl. Yeah. If you missed it, it's online. It's, it's a good, good sermon. I think also, like, the story of the prodigal son, too, right? When the father's running, like, that's grace also. To the son that's returning. And that's what we do. A lot. So when, hey. so when those moments happen, you know, we've got to stop and think. You know, Bob was saying, you know, before we started recording that, you know, the verse, we were quick to speak. Well, that passage in Ephesians, I thought of that when you were talking about that, the, the passage in Ephesians that says, be 
swift to hear and slow to speak. Well, for me, that's opposite of what my natural instinct is. Mm -hmm. My natural instinct is to be quick to speak and quick to say something and quick to respond, but to be slow to speak and take that moment. And that, and that happened to me this week. There was something that was said. I was talking to a friend and it would cut me and I was like, and my first response was just a lash out, you know, to just jump all over it. And then I just took a few moments and just prayed. I was like, no, that's not the proper response. And so, um, you know, just handle that biblically. And I think that's that's when we get in those moments, and that's hard because we're split-second people. Like Bob was talking about, you know, I, I'm that way too. You know, something happens, I'm, I'm not always taking the time to think. I'm not always taking that moment. That was, a rare, that was a rare God moment for me because that's not normally my instinct. My normal instinct is just to jump on it. And there's times that me and Diane get into a, discussion you know <laughs> and in case she's listening yeah exactly and she'll say and you know and she'll say well if you would have actually listened to me you wouldn't have responded that way and she's right you know i i was quick to respond if i would have just listened to the full statement i probably would have been like oh yeah okay <laughs> but but instead you know I'm, I'm quick to quick to jump on it and that and that's the that's those grace moments that um, and, you know, when, and I'm not going to necessarily read it, but I was thinking of the passage, you know, our listeners can look on, look at it, but in Matthew 18, where it talks about the servant and he owes this huge amount of debt. When you, when you posted that, I was thinking about meditating on that this afternoon that, um, you know, and he begs his master, I'm sorry, I can't pay it. I, I owe this tremendous, I mean, it was, a, it was an astronomical amount and he begs and pleads and he's forgiven. The debt's forgiven. Well, then somebody owes him a smaller amount, I mean, just a minute amount, and he throws the person in jail, and he's unwilling to, to forgive. And I think that's, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier in the podcast. That's, that's our natural reaction is, well, it's good when people want to show me grace, right. yeah. but it's not so good when I'm supposed to show other people grace. Right. Yep. So. Mike, you chewing on something? Well, I think also what you were talking about, Ronnie, I know I'm hard to to give myself grace. No. Yeah. I know. It's weird. It's <laughs> difficult to understand. But, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, because, you know, you're your own worst critic. And nine times out of ten, 12 times out of ten for me, because that's just who I am, unfortunately. Um, but uh, so it is to 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 find something... I don't want to just say good, but it, it, you know, um, something within yourself of okay, I, I do this, or you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I can I can do this well. I can um, be uh, obedient this way, or or anything like that. I know for me as well is is difficult to to bring to the forefront of my mind ever, uh, you know. So because it feels like you're giving yourself excuses. Mm -hmm. At least for me, yeah, right. Like, well, either excuses or pats on the back. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. The pat on the back. You know what I mean? <clears throat> well, like, yeah. like for me, it's like, oh, I didn't do that very, very well, mm -hmm. right? Well, but you've never done it before, yeah, right? Like, That's which is true, saying. yeah. But like, I'm just like, nah, that's an excuse, though. Mm -hmm. You know. Or a pat on the back. You can always right. second guess yourself about anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be it can be done righteous and full heartedly, 
but yet you sit and think about it and think, well, dang, I could have handled that differently. Even if it was handled in a good manner, yeah, you know, you get to second guessing yourself, and you're like, "Dang, I wish I'd have done it this way." I think it would have showed them more, and not not me as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Do you second guess yourself a lot, Ron? Yes, I do. Obviously, you did it on that hat, but anyway. <laughs> That they can't see I'm on sure audio. You, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to show you Grace right now. <laughs> it doesn't but match your hoodie, though. It does Which look is nice. a nice hoodie, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So is yours. <laughs> but anytime I do anything for, like, anybody, I end up questioning myself. Did I do it for the right reasons? You know? Did I do it because I wanted to tell people, hey, Ron, do this for me, and get that pat on the back? And I really hope I don't mm-hmm. because I don't want that. You know, there's a lot of things I do that I don't tell nobody I do just for some fact. I don't I don't need that recognition. Today, matter of fact, my brother, they're, they got a friend. He's going through cancer. They're putting on a benefit for him. Tomorrow's Halloween. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, they asked if they could borrow a fire pit. For Halloween tomorrow night, to have a fire so the kids can come up, get their candy and stuff. And I saw it, so I reached out to her and I said, hey, look, I have hunters, our sons, you can borrow it tomorrow night if you want to, just bring it back. Well, she posted on Facebook saying thank you to me. I did not need that. So what I sent back was, and let me get to it real fast if that's okay, um... Oh, shoot. Not really, but we'll wait on it. Anyway, what it came down to was she posted on there saying, we found one thanks to Ron and Karen Williams and all this and that, which didn't need to be done. So I posted on there, don't thank me, thank our God, because through him all things are possible. So, I, I, I mean... And maybe I shouldn't have posted that, but I didn't need that recognition. I didn't ask for it. I didn't want it. I just saw somebody in need. I had what they needed, and I supplied it because it was supplied to me. So, but anyway. Elderly Bob? Yeah. Are you chewing on something over there? No, I'm just reading. (laughs) Ron used that excuse already. Comic page? But I, I'm truly reading. He wasn't. <laughs> I was. I was reading definitions of grace. He was looking, looking for pictures. <clears throat> no, I, I'm just, I'm just reading some different stuff about grace. I mean, it just, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's just so there's so just many so forms. much of it. There's yeah, there's several forms of grace. I mean, we just, I don't know. We just don't show any of them. That's the problem. Somebody else's turn. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like we just scratched the surface on Bob. It's an answer there. I don't mm. think we dug in yeah. deep. Yeah, there's something deeper there. <laughs> was that your sound effects of yeah. rubbing two umbrellas together that was before it. they got thrown in the hall? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not that it bothered you, right? No, no, it didn't bother me at all. About another three weeks, he'll be out of umbrellas. <laughs> Carl's just getting more. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you the big ones next time. 
Uh, they used to the straw, the straw ones. Uh, you know. See, there we go. Now we're talking. Yeah, they didn't have them last time. <laughs> you know, like the old adage, "Do unto others as you would have done to you," keeps popping in my head while we're talking. Maybe that's a bit simplistic in definition of grace, but isn't that really what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. I realize what Bob says is correct. So many variations of grace. But when you boil right down to it, in my simple mind, I really think that's the best definition. That's, the, that's the problem, though. If, if, like we've been talking about, if you're not gracious to yourself and you're applying that adage, what are you going to pour out on those around you? Whether yeah. you see it or not, you're going to pour out a complete lack of grace on everybody around you because you're applying that adage. It's got to start with how you treat yourself. You've got to start viewing yourself how God views you mm-hmm. and stop viewing yourself how Satan does. Yeah, and that's that's the way, right? Like, God, Jesus, to you is grace. And then well, I'm gonna, from your... I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt because I'm going to put Carl on blast real quick because... I don't like I thought, you. Ryan. I know. I know you don't, and I'm sorry, but I love you because you and I are like kindred spirits there. With how how good are we at it? Terrible. I mean, I mean, how good are we at it? At at, at giving ourselves that grace and and you know and everything, and that's something we do. We need to work on. We need to see because that's something that's really hard for me is to see myself as God sees me. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. I mean, painfully so. And uh, and I know you're a lot the same way. I've been struggling with it all week. Really hard this week. Like I, I, like you talked about Ron second guessing. I second guess everything, and then third guess, and then fourth guess, and then fifth guess. I'll, I'll run through a scenario a thousand times in, in my mind until I genuinely forget what actually happened. Right. Like it's hard for me to tell the difference between one of the scenarios I ran through and what actually occurred. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's 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 bizarre how it works. Um, you can overthink things to to death. Mm-hmm. And when you're overthinking everything you've done, um, your mind's going to make you the bad guy. You know what I mean? And even if you did everything right, you know, in, in your head, you did nothing right. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a, a, a particular scenario this week, and I'm like, I'm going back through, like, everything that I've done and said, and I'm like, do they think that way because of something I did? Like, should I not have shared? Should I not have done this? Should I not have done that? And you know, like, like what I felt him speak to me so clearly was, do you want me to love you less? Like, do you want me to work for you less? Right. To make somebody else feel better? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it doesn't work that way. He wants to share his favor equally, but like it or not, some people are seeking harder <laughs> than others are. Right. And, and you can't let yourself get to a place where you're second guessing to the point that you're damaging your relationship with the Father because you don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings with it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, even something like that can turn into a, a wild second, third, fourth guess, guess game with yourself, and you, you end up paralyzing yourself spiritually yeah. if you're not careful. And really, the key is prayer. Like, you talked about Micah when you had, had an issue that you had, and you stopped and you prayed. You wanted to lash out, but you stopped and you prayed. Man, we don't do that enough. That's the problem. If we would spend a lot more time in prayer, a lot of these issues would resolve before they became an issue. A lot of the a lot of these yeah. issues would be would be nipped right in the butt if we would just take it to him in prayer, do like David did. 
The reason David was a man after God's own heart was not because he was perfect and didn't struggle like we struggle. It's because every time he came to an issue in his life, it says he inquired of God. He inquired of God. He inquired of God. You see that over and over and over again. How often do we really do that? And I mean seriously inquire of God. That's not just saying a 30-second prayer mm-hmm. and being done with it to make yourself feel better. Like that's, That can involve fasting. That can involve like real serious seeking. I, we don't do that enough. I don't do that enough. Like, my prayer life, not what it should be. It's really not. That's something he's been convicting me on a lot this week, and I think, it's, I think it, it ties into what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because I think all of these issues stem from not praying enough, because you're not spending enough time with him. And you become the ones you spend the most time with, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're spending the most time with the Eternal Father, guess who you're going to become like? You're going to become more like him. But if you're spending more time away from him and with the world, guess what you're going to start resembling? You're going to start resembling the world, and we shouldn't wonder why. It's because that's where we spend most of our time. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but a chance for another adage. Birds of a feather. Yeah. I'm full of them. Just keep, keep coming out. <laughs> <laughs> full of something. And, uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, Brother Bob, too, I wanted to speak to you a little bit because I felt like speak you were away, using uh, a little bit of that grace on yourself, too. Do what? I think I think you lost a little bit of grace on yourself today. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, I lost it all. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you forgive, forgot to give yourself some. Because That's what I'm saying. I ain't like, gonna lie, I forgot it all. Not, it, it was all gone. You're not talking about a one-off situation. No. You know what I mean? It no. wasn't a, you flew off the handle of one thing. Yeah. You know but, what I mean? You know, and, and before I did, my wife was there and she told me to pray, but I didn't do it. Yeah. Those pesky wives, I'll tell yeah. you. I was already, I was already, I was already angered, and it just, just escalated. Yeah, I couldn't stop it, couldn't control it. It just kept building like a like a little cancer inside me, and it just like a little volcano just blew out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I try not to be that way because that's that was the old me. And I, I just don't like that old guy. I have to think we have to remember that's not you anymore. Exactly. Because it's not, but, it's not something you're doing all the time. Because I guarantee there's something you could find with all of us anytime you interact with us that could make you do that same thing and you don't. Uh, maybe. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's probably me just hanging around the shop. Well, could you get out here so I can get something done? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but, it, you know, I just, I don't know. I just don't like even having a glimpse of that old guy come back because the sad thing is, is when you get a glimpse and you allow that glimpse to come in, the next time it's going to be more. Yeah. And next time it's going to be more. And then finally it's just going to consume you again. And that ain't happening. Right. I see it weighing heavy on you over there, Bob. Absolutely. It is. I mean, it just, uh, it's been bugging me all day, but what, what do you do about it? Yep. You just pray. I yeah. trust me. I've been. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that, and that's the difference. That's the difference between now and before. You didn't, you never used to pray about it before. No. It was just okay. This is, you know, how many times in a day would it happen? No, oh, used to. I would have. I would have still been living. Yeah, and you'd still be on that thing all day. With I'm talking and everybody yeah. you were in, in and, touch and, with, and, and it stuff, wouldn't have been know? good for anybody around me because that's just who I was. Right. And when I got yeah, when I got to that point. To the breaking point. Mm-hmm. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. 
But when I get when used to, when I got to that breaking point, I may be mad two or three days. I mean, just hateful yeah. and rude and just yeah. unbearable to live with. Yeah, I really yeah. don't know how. I, I I honestly don't know how my wife put up with it. I really don't. They're gifts from heaven, is all yeah. I can say. Yep. I think. Giving yeah. you a ton of grace. I, I think every single one of us can say that. You know, I mean, the thing the is, is I was telling, I was tell, I was telling these guys last night that you know I don't uh, everything that I seen back in my life, I seen God's grace on my life each and every moment of of my unsaved life mm-hmm. from some of the stuff that I'd done, which was all stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. He's got a plan for me, but, you know, I just. uh, (sighs) But you're still human. Have you noticed how often it is, though, when we have a topic like this or when he wants us to speak to others on a topic like this, the day of or within a few days of, we'll struggle really hard with it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, recognize that timing. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what and you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I know why, because it, yeah. it makes it more authentic when we speak right. about it. But I also think it's him keeping us humble. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, we we can think we've got something licked like nobody's business. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you're like, oh, it's rares up. There it is. All, you know, yeah. boom. Right there it is. All, all up in your business. And it yeah. could be as soon as, as soon as Ronnie sends that text out, you're like, this is what. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 That was Ronnie's or fault. You know, you've already done it. You know, it was his fault. I've done that several times. Dang it. Yeah. But I think I I think that's why it is so important is because not only not only is it affecting us, but we can talk openly and honestly and raw about it Mm -hmm. so that anybody that is listening knows we're not trying to say we've got it. We've got it whooped and we're doing better and we're doing. Yeah, because still struggling because we're all just sinners saved by grace. I I failed. I failed badly today. Yeah. I mean, it just ain't no ain't nothing else you can say. I just failed. Yeah. Period. I fell. I dropped. I may not have went all the way down, but I got pretty low. Because it's hard to get back up. Nope. It's hard to play that game, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, nope. He caught it's you. It's not hard to get back up. Ron just said it. He yeah. caught you. He caught me. Yep. He kept me from going all the way down. He kept, he kept, from, he kept the old man from coming back, even though I let him come back a little bit today. Because I was not nice. I was so, pretty ugly. So, Bob, what do you think the lesson in this is for you today? Maybe. For me? To have more grace. To go to him before I act out. You know, and like I said here the other day on the thread, we don't go to him enough. We don't spend enough time with him. And I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of him. I, I'm like Carl. My prayer life has has went down the tubes for some reason. I used to pray to him all the time. Now, I, now I catch myself doing other things, mm-hmm. focusing on other things instead of focusing on him. Mm-hmm. Which is is that's not even right, not even close. Because you know, like Adam and Eve, he sacrificed the animal for them in the garden. Well, that that was a showing of what Christ was going to do for each one of us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and we just got to keep in mind who our king is, mm-hmm. who our savior is. You know, he's the one. He's the one that lay that that was kneeled in the garden, praying so hard and so much anguish. He was sweating blood, asking God to take that cup from him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but then 
in the same in the same words, he's like, "But your will be done." You know, he was mm. he was he was surrendering to God, and that's what we got to do. And I, I did not do that today. I did not surrender to God today. I just I just let it come out. I just let the old man well up in me, and even when my wife said, "Pray about it," honestly, it made me matter. You know, I'm like, and this is exactly what I said to her. I'm like, don't use my words against me mm-hmm. and walked away. And they, I shouldn't have done that either. I, you know, I, of course, I apologize to her for it. But, you know, that, that guy needs to just stay away. Yeah. I, I can't handle him anymore. He's rude. He's obnoxious, and if I'd have met him back in the day, I'd have whipped the tar out of him. <laughs> His form of grace. Yeah. That's my form of grace to that guy. <laughs> but no, it just, yeah. And it just, it, it, I ain't gonna lie, it's laid heavy on me all day long. It's you could tell. been like a, like a thousand pounds just laying on me. Mm-hmm. So you need to lay it down. I, correct. I believe, I believe y'all would, you always tell us to lay at the foot of the cross. Well, I, I wasn't going to add that and throw that in his face, Mike. But well, I know. I'm not throwing it in his face. No, nope. <laughs> I'm just, just joking. That that's what Mike's doing today. He's throwing, his face. He's throwing stuff in everybody's face. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that's you. Yeah, you're right. You are right. Many times. You are right. Could you pull hear- that? Could you pull that splinter, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it's a log. But thanks for asking. <laughs> now he's correct. I mean, you know, I gotta, I gotta lay it down. I gotta put it at the cross. I gotta leave it there. Yeah. You guys are correct. But easier said than done. Easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Especially I, when there's guilt involved. Yep. 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 Yes, sir. Well, let's pull Anita off the record. Schmike, final thought. Mm. You gave him a break. Mm. Huh? He's first. Yeah. I don't have to I'll show him Craig. The, the professor. Uh, <laughs> make it get, make <laughs> me nervous. I'm sweating bullets over here. <laughs> um, uh, everybody's Everybody was right tonight. And what they said, and and you know, we have to pray more. We have to give it to the Father. We have to lay it at the cross and not pick it back up. We have to fight the temptations of the world daily. Um, I, I am a firm believer that the closer we get to Christ, the more we have to turn away from the world because that's not where we're supposed to be. Um, and that I'm also a firm believer that the closer we get to Christ, the harder it is to turn away from the world because that's it's atypical, especially in today's day and age that we're living for God and not living of the world. And, and because everything that you see and everything that you hear is all about the next big thing, the next shiny toy, the next new phone, the next big computer, the next whatever it is, you know, I mean, I can't go Constant on chase. On. <laughs> but... We have to get away from that, and we have to turn back to the Father, because even if it's something that could be used for good, nine times out of ten, it's going to be turned into something for evil. Um, so I think we need to do all of the things, and it's, uh, it doesn't make it any easier. We're accountable to God, so it makes it the hardest, because He's the one we're trying to emulate, and the one we're trying to get like. We never will, but we still we have to try. We have to get better about it, like Carl said, so... <coughs> What I got. Coffee, Mike? <clears throat> it was a rough week for me because uh, I was in my own head. <clears throat> Maybe judging a few folks that I shouldn't have been. But fortunately for me, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. 
and to be properly rooted is so important. <coughs> you know, I wasn't checking the boxes this week. wasn't even doing that. But long about Saturday night, man, I started getting really a real bad feeling, a guilt feeling. And I'm just so thankful that God has grace for me and anybody who accepts Jesus out there. Because without him, you got nothing. That's where I'm settling in this week. Silent, not so silent, Ron. Pull the mic closer to you. Okay. Um, all I can say is, for me, this is for me, I really need to to watch and know the true meaning of the word grace so that I can give the right grace. But I also see, I, I got a quote here. It says, he who is graceless in the day of grace will be speechless in the day of judgment. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's that dot in the I's and crossing the T kind of thing, I guess for me, you know, before you speak, think kind of deal. That's all. Bob? Uh well, I'm gonna I'm gonna read some verses here. Second Corinthians twelve, nine and ten, which actually is where Paul's talking about the throne in the flesh. You know, um, man, that just uh, that just kind of has stuck in my head for the past several weeks. Which I mean, I preached on it over at Clifton Hill. So, but uh, I'm gonna read them because for some reason these verses just they just stand out so much to me. Every day. I mean, anytime I look at them, they just like got something different to tell me. Starts out like this, says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. And this last part, just, I love it. It says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So, you know, anytime we're in our weakness, like I was in this morning, my low point this morning, that was that was my weakness. He was still stronger than the guy that lives in me. I remember the guy that lives in the world. He who lives in me is stronger than the one who lives in the world. I mean, and I know he was there. I know he was there for me. I was just bullheaded and then and and chose not not to talk to him about it, you know. So from my experience this morning, all I gotta say is don't be thick headed like me. Go to him, talk to him. Allow him to get you through your weaknesses because he is strong. And it doesn't matter. Our our strongest or his weakest point is still stronger than our strongest point. Period. But that's all I got. Professor. Then Micah. And then Michael will pray us out. How about you? Yeah. 
Taking over Will's okay, spot I'll this go week, after huh? you. you know, okay. That's two weeks in a row he's tried out on me. <laughs> yeah. I'll go after you. All right. I'll take Mike's spot. All right. I'll make sure you go. LeBron, make sure he goes. Okay. You're in charge here. <laughs> You're in charge here. Yeah. Why you got a sick Ron after him? It seems to work. Big guns. That's right. <laughs> um, I got kind of two final thoughts. Um, grace is a free gift, but sometimes I think we mistake it as unlimited tolerance. And that's not quite the same thing. Um, so, like, one, one final thought, my penultimate thought is a caution. Wait, what's that word mean? Penultimate, second to last. Okay. Yeah. He likes it. He uses it a lot. That's my That's favorite word. It sounds so Megan sophisticated, stuff, uh, though. Megan stuff. Up. No, look it up. Look it up on your phone right now. Test me. <laughs> like I know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you didn't. With you using them words talking to us, that's like putting chrome on an old farm truck. Yeah, it's not fair, is it? <laughs> don't don't worry. Ain't needed. <laughs> so yeah, my first is a caution followed with hope. Because I think it's always important to have one with the other. The verses that we read, um, I think sometimes they're misused to to push the idea that works aren't involved in our salvation walk. He it carefully words it there that, that it's not the result of works. Grace and our salvation is not the result of our works. We don't earn it. It's a free gift. But then he follows up in verse 10 and says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. For good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We should be acting on our salvation in the right way, which is where the consequences come into play, the, the correction. If he didn't expect us to behave in a certain way, he wouldn't correct us when we behave in a bad way, right? We all watch football. We were talking about football before we hit record, about the Chiefs, right, Micah? The Chiefs, yeah, the debacle. So the way it works in a football game is, you know, offensively, what are, you, what are you head bobbing over there for, Ron? What are you doing? I'm sorry, the Cowboys, too. The, Cow- the Cowboys, too, and they're, they're big victory. Cowboys and Indians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that comes next. It's funny you say that. Anyway, I lost my train of thought. Okay, so... How a football game works. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you get, you know, when you're on offense, the coach picks the play. They pick a play from the team's playbook. You have a playbook with plays, and the coach picks what play they're going to run. He conveys that to the quarterback. You know, by radio, he, he tells them this is what the play is going to be. Then the offense huddles up, and the quarterback conveys that play to the players. So, for example, it could be curl, which means the receiver is going to go out a certain distance, and he's going to curl backwards. The quarterback expects him to run the route correctly. Like, we're like the receivers. When the quarterback gives us the play to run, he expects us to be in the place that we're supposed to be when he throws the ball. Very often, the quarterback's not throwing where the receiver necessarily is. They're throwing where the receiver's supposed to be because they practice these plays. Quarterback knows 1-1,000, he's going to curl. And if I throw in this direction, he's going to be there, and he's going to curl, he's going to cut back, and he's going he's to throw the defensive back off. What if the receiver says, you know what, to himself, he says, you know what, I don't like that play. I don't like that plan. I don't like the coach's plan. I don't like what the quarterback's told me. I think I have a better route. You know, I, I don't think that curl's going to get us enough yards. It's clearly not going to get us to the first down, and I don't think that we should take two downs to get a first down. I'm just going to run a post. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to run straight out. I'm going to get the touchdown. 
I'm not going to tell him, but I'm just going to do what I want. Because my plan's better than your plan. And he runs his own route. What's going to happen? If the quarterback throws in his direction, what's going to happen? Interception? Most likely, yes. It's going to be a broken play. Because the receiver decided to do his own thing and not follow the coach's plan. Or what the quarterback conveyed the coach's plan to be. Now, there may be some discipline right after that. What happens if the receiver continues with that behavior? I'm not going to run your plays. Trade it. Yeah. (laughs) He's going to get benched. Bench him with no pay. He's going to get pulled from the game. What if we act like that? What if we as Christians are the receivers and we're acting like that? You know, God's the coach and he's saying, this is the playbook. And this is the play I want you to run right now. And we say, I think I got a better play, God. I think I got a better plan. I'm going to do things my way. There might be some discipline, but if we continue in that behavior, there's a good chance. What, what are you whispering over there? You're killing me, man. You're killing me. I was just that picks Bob, up. I think your, he, your analogies are kicking me in. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was pretty sure he was saying what most of us were thinking. Yeah, yeah we're not like professor yeah. right now. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Please stop <laughs> slapping me, punching me in the throat. <laughs> yeah. Do Cowboys receivers do that a lot? Yeah, they just do their own thing. Is that, that no. what the problem is? No, no, no. no the no, problem no, is no. we just do that. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. If we continue in that behavior, though, applying that spiritually, if we can, if we continue saying, "I have my own way," because this is what the church is too often doing, this is what we as individuals too often do. Mm-hmm. We're going to do our own thing. There's a good chance that he's going to pull us from the game, yeah. and we're going to be like Paul says, one escaping through the flame lose all the reward that was due us, or disqualify us from the calling he's laid on their life, because like it or not, guys, that is possible. If you continue defying what God is laying on your heart or laying, laying on the hearts of those around you that he's tasked you with working with, you can disqualify yourself. Just like that quote I said last week, I don't want to stand in front of him and him say, go away from me, I did not know you. Yeah, exactly. Now, if we've been guilty of that, and we all have been at some point, here's the hope. I was watching Gunsmoke today. Hmm. At least it wasn't soccer. There you go. Cowboys and Indians, right? That's right. And it was so awesome, the episode that I watched, because there's this guy. What are you like? What you're giggling over there, Bob? (laughs) It's a good analogy. You're going to love it. I know. This is great. So there's this guy. I like your Gunsmoke analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this guy. (laughs) There's this guy in the story called Phoenix, and he had just got out of prison. And... I'm not going to get into the whole story because it doesn't really matter, but there's one key part in it where they're talking about how he had committed a crime and there were consequences. He got pulled from the proverbial proverbial game, right? He had to go to prison for a while and then he got released. And he said, I just want to leave the past in the past. I want want a fresh start. I want to leave the past where it is. I, I paid my dues. I did my time. I want to restart. And there's a point where the female character in it, he, he comes and he's working with his family as like a hand on their ranch, right? Or on their farm. And she goes, I just want to help you put your past behind you and set you on the right path moving forward. That's grace. That's grace. When we've become guilty of trying to run our own play, and he sets us down and he's like, son, you've got to stop. I have the plan. I have the playbook. And I know what's best. And we surrender to that, like you said, Bob. Then he lets us lay it down, put the past behind us, and set us on the right path moving forward. But we do have to surrender. At some point, we have to acknowledge that he's a better planner than we are. And he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get us to the destination, even if we can't see it. 
We just have to walk the path he's laying out for us. Go ahead, Ronnie. Is that all you got? That's all I got. No, That's no it. Matt Dillon. No, no Matt Dillon. He was barely in the episode, man. He had one scene, and it wasn't that good. All, I was all stoked up for him. Oh, man, insane. his scene was, was terrible. Yeah. I want to hear about Festus. Yeah. He wasn't in it at all. I love that donkey rides. Yeah, yeah he wasn't in it. So for me, this Bible verse has been in my face for a month now. So I'm just going to read it. Psalms 35. Psalms 30, verse 5. For his anger lasts only a moment. His, God's. But his favor, a lifetime. Weeping may stay overnight, but there's joy in the morning. It, I think that's it. Like, it, it goes hand in hand with grace. And God's grace for us, but also grace on ourselves. Because I've said for the 113th time that I've heard it in the last month. Joy comes in the morning. That's his promise. Granted, it might not be tomorrow morning or next week, but it's coming. So give yourself grace as you give others grace. And wake up and pay attention because joy is coming in the morning. Micah? Yeah, I was thinking of James chapter 4. And in James chapter 4, we talk, you know, he's talking about separation and living holy lives and the importance of being separate from the world. And he's, he says this in, in James. He says, therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or who do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I think that's important to understand when we talk about grace, because God gives us grace. And, you know, to echo what Carl said earlier about David, the reason, one of the reasons, not only from what he said, but one of the reasons why he was a man after God's own heart is because he was repentant. He had a repentant heart. I mean, you think of the difference between David and Saul, and Saul never had that repentant moment. He never had that on my knee, um, on my knees moment. And, and over and over and over again, yeah, we can go through all David's mistakes and all the consequences of what David did, but he's repentant. And he talks about walking in the spirit. The only way that we can show grace the way God wants us to, to others is by submitting ourselves to God. 
It says, submit yourselves, therefore, therefore to God. And and to show Bob grace, by the time I got there, he had either gotten over it or hit it really well because he was he was <laughs> he was not as he was not uptight when I when I got there and to talk to him. And so and so to his defense, you know, by the time I got there, he would he had gotten over whatever happened that that morning. And so we do need to, or like I said, he hit it hit it very well. And it very well. But but it's important for that we submit ourselves to God. And that's that's what's that's what's important. If we're going to show grace to others, we understand what God did for us, that he gives us grace so that we can give it give it to others. And if we're not submitted to him and walking in his in his spirit, we're not going to be very graceful to others. Yeah. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together. And Lord, just as we've talked about tonight, the just thankful and praise you for the extreme grace that you show us. Lord, the opportunity to have a relationship with you and to fellowship with you and to enter into your presence at any moment. Lord, that, that's riches that, that we cannot ever bestow. And Lord, we take for granted the things that you provided for us so often. So Lord, tonight, maybe there's some in this room, maybe there's some that are listening to this, to this podcast, Lord, that will struggle with grace. All the things that we've talked about tonight, showing grace to others, showing grace to themselves, understanding the grace that you bestowed upon us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just work on our hearts tonight. Lord, that you would be the surgeon, that we would allow you to mold us, that we would submit ourselves to you so that we can serve you faithfully. Lord, we know that you relentlessly pursue us, so we should relentlessly pursue you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>